welcome. What was your thing like? <laughs> to tipsy potheads. <laughs> Movie edition. <laughs> Where we don't know what's happening. We're we're excited to watch the movie, Mm -hmm. and we hope that you've had a chance to watch the movie. But while we enjoy the movie, please take a moment to do what, Josie? On your platform that you listen to us on, rate and review and give us five stars. What are we drinking? What are we drinking? It's shake, movie shake, night. Shake. It's a free for all. Normally, shake, normally shake, we do a whole we do theme. A special, yeah. But on movie night, it's a free for all. So what'd you grab? Dealer's choice. What'd you grab from your refrigerator or freezer or top shelf or bottom shelf? Is it dealer's choice or drinker's choice? It's drinker's choice. <laughs> Sophie's choice. Sophie's choice twirl. That's too far. Got it. We have limits. I didn't know we had limits. That would be more like it's King Solomon's verdict for what happens to the child. Sophie's choice would be closer for like book like six and seven, maybe five. You know, it starts to get a little dark. Well, this evening I am drinking Topa Chico hard seltzer. Is it hard? Pineapple. Flavor? Is it exotic pineapple? pineapple. <laughs> exotic? <laughs> you knew it said exotic and you had to be It's like, I don't know. Well, that's good. I'm drinking Japanese gin. Oh, how is that? With pa- It's delicious. With passion fruit bubbling and a squeeze of lime with my water. And I had to switch to this because my high noon was doing nothing for me. And then you had something not. else that was gross, you said. It was, I took one sip and I... Don't yeah. do it, kids. Don't do it. So I am drinking... I guess like a month or two ago, it was going around like on Twitter and <laughs> Instagram, but it was like... They said cream soda and... Um, Root beer? No. Peanut uh, the whiskey. peanut butter whiskey. Screwball. And... They were saying those two drinks, mix them together, and it's supposed to taste like um, butterbeer, like a boozy butterbeer from uh, Universal Studios. And um, I did not do cream soda, so I did my A&W root beer that I had a random can of, and I did that, and then I topped it off with a, a thing of, like, caramel caramel vodka, and that tasted pretty good. And I, of course, I put some whipped cream on it, so... I feel like this is the second time I didn't process this earlier when we were having this full-fledged conversation. <laughs> um, th- this is the second time you've added caramel vodka into one of your drinks because you did well, that earlier. The last, yeah, la- the last one I did it because she didn't have pumpkin pie vodka, so she bought caramel vodka. Yeah. <laughs> it was the wrong season. I didn't even and know now she's just like caramel vodka for everybody. Okay. I am really picky about caramel flavoring stuff, but caramel vodka is really good. This one's really good. It's like 
kissed salted kissed vodka or something or maybe it's just kissed i don't know but it's really good it's smirnoff so i don't know i like yeah, it yeah smirnoff's good. caramel vodka is good it's really good and i i think it added to my my butter my supposed butterbeer concoction but my my that. first drink was a drink that we suggested for our last that was suggested for our last episode and it was the Ginny Fizz or something. And um I took one sip of it and I was like it was moldy or it something. It was Ginny get this fizz out of my mouth. Ginny <laughs> <laughs> done fizzled. Um <laughs> I love how this is not at you. This is also at me. And I alter every single drink that we ever do. And I'm like, this is gross. <laughs> I like But I love one. how we're like, I leave out this ingredient. I leave out this ingredient. I leave out this ingredient. <laughs> it was gross. Okay. To be fair, you it just had 17 ingredients. Just to look out, or just to like point out, I said look out. Wow. Just to point out, You've also had very bad luck in book two. In book one, we all changed our drinks and we liked almost, almost every single one of them. them. That was so long ago. I don't. I don't recall. I mean, there's this thing called drink so much. Potheads who read podcasts and you could mm. listen to it. <laughs> I'll have to look into it. I mean, you know. Hey, when you look into it, rate, review, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> let us know what you think. Send us an email, Andy. <laughs> yeah, because I've liked my drinks for book two. I liked my You've drinks. You've done for well. Book one I have not. The last one it grew on me. And this yeah. one I like. But like, yeah. It but the the one my first one that I made tonight, like one of my, my I think one of my um ingredients was bad because like I said it tasted moldy. Mmm. Whatever. I also feel like we all, well, except for Andy, Sheila and I were like, there were so many drink choices from last time. I think I'm going to actually, like, try one of those. <laughs> and I was like, I bought, I'm going to, I think I bought gin at this point, or I'd already planned to buy the gin. And I was like, I think I'm going to try the polyjuice portion the right yeah. way with gin. And... Clearly, that didn't happen. I'm drinking the gin, but the rest of it did not happen. She's not drinking the polyjuice gin potion. But I also am, like, really picky about my gin, and I tried this new Japanese gin that I had heard some stuff about. And Mm. it's delicious, because really before that, the only gin I really like is Hendrix. Japanese really good um, liquors. They make some really good ones. Or at least when I was in Japan, I felt like they had some really good ones. So Listen, I was tired of making a face every time I took a sip during one of these programs. <laughs> Do we need so to put you I in charge of the drink? Straight hard seltzer. <laughs> no, it's my own fault. I'm the one that's like, I'm not going to use orange juice. I'm going to use Diet Sunkiss. There's nothing wrong with Diet Sunkiss. It should just not have liquor. And if it There's nothing does, wrong with Diet Sunkist until you try to substitute it for orange juice. Yeah. Yeah. That's sure. not a tit for tat. <laughs> Which, by the by, <laughs> your lime sherbet drink that you both were like, this is not okay. great. It was okay, yeah. Andy straight up was like, in the middle of it, stopped everything and was like, he did. This drink is disgusting. <laughs> 
I mean, I went to the grocery store and was like, I'm going to find lime sherbet, which I totally didn't even find the sherbet section. Uh-huh. Oh. I didn't try that hard, but I did find some pint sized of Baskin Robin ones. Okay. And the reason why I didn't try so hard was because I found this like wild rainbow sherbet. Mm-hmm. And it was like green apple, fruit punch, and blue raspberry, and it's like swirled oh, together. And I really want to try your drink with that because I had a couple bites of that yesterday, and I was like, "This is fruity and good, and that kind of good. sour, like the lime, but sweet." So I kind of want to try the polyjuice potion with that. I should have done that tonight, but I didn't want vodka. I wanted gin. That's fair. I mean. You know, I think it's, like, a trial and error for us. And, like, none of us have, like, the full bars that, like, some of these are expecting us to have. Look. I think that's... Not only don't have, but refuse to purchase. Polyjuice Potion is used several times throughout this series, so I feel like we could probably do Polyjuice Potion again. Yeah. (laughs) Like, for the... Yeah. For fourth book, we could, for sure. So I might keep I mean I'm not going to keep this pint for book four I'll, I'll eat it by then but I will keep this sherbet in mind for book four you don't want to save it for roughly about like six months <laughs> I don't want to save it for roughly six months that's right. <sighs> okay. I probably should but you know I won't know. that's fine well friends let's play our quick game of round Robin. And I was thinking, and I don't think you're gonna like it. You're changing it on us now. What? Yeah. What are I you? you are. A, I think it should be a minute and a half. Andy. Real, real okay. pressure. Let's just stick with three. Okay, three minutes. I'll do the whole plot in a minute and a half then. <laughs> Why are you always <laughs> so last minute on shit? <laughs> so. Well, friends, what we're going to do is we're going to play our game of Round Robin. And we are going to do three minutes. And if we get done before three minutes, great. If we don't, we're going to hear my timer. And my timer has a special little Harry Potter saying. So are we, who's starting? Josie, Andy, who's starting? Oh, Josie Andy. is clearly ready to start. Andy. Andy's Andy, the first. starting. Ready? And Wait, what order are we going in? Andy, Sheila, me? Yeah. Sure. And go. We are <laughs> We're really getting into the three minutes of the heavy side. We open with Harry Potter back with his evil family, and they are about to throw a dinner party. Go, Sheila. And Dobie shows up and is like, Harry Potter must not go must not go back and gets Harry Potter in trouble by doing mm-hmm. magic. Harry gets in trouble for doing magic, even though he didn't really do the magic. He gets locked with bars with him and Hegwin inside. So then the Hoisley boys come and rescue him in the middle of the night and rip it off. Uh, rip off the bars and take him all the way over to their house in their flying car. And they fly back to the burrow and Molly Weasley's like, where have you been? And then Mr. Weasley comes home and he's like, how'd it fly? And they go and they do flu powder to Diagon Alley. Or as Harry says, diagonally. So they show up 
to Diagon Alley. They buy all their book supplies. They have a run-in with the Malfoys at the bookstore after they run into Gilderoy Lockhart, who's a narcissist who gave Harry an entire um, set of his books autographed. Molly and Hermione are swooning after him. Um, Malfoy and his father, who we meet Lucius for the first time, he, really, Andy, I'm talking faster than you were. And he, um, of course, insults all of the Weasleys, and then they go away. So then it's time for them to go to school. Ron and Harry do not make the train because they get blocked, in which they later find out by and so they end up flying a um the car all the way there busting it into a tree and they think they're gonna get expelled they get the car throws them out of the tree snape finds them and it's like you're gonna get expelled mcgonagall's that's my fucking choice and then the boys start school and the quidditch and all that fun stuff and then bad things start to happen. Mm-hmm. First of all, they have to deal with the mandrakes that scream and makes Neville faint. And then second of all, Harry starts hearing a hissing in the wall saying "Kill! he's going to kill somebody. And then um, all this different stuff happens. And they just try to find a mystery of what's going on and why Harry can speak Parseltongue. So then people keep getting frozen and they don't know why. Um um petrified sorry they keep being petrified they don't know why and then you find out it takes a lot for them to go through there and so they keep going and he keeps learning stuff and i'm gonna just pass it to you sheila because my brain went bright (laughs) i feel like i can't say anything you're a wizard i don't don't even know how andy ended that i just heard i don't know i'm gonna bypass you Okay, so I'll finish it up. Um, People are petrified. They figure Harry gets into the Tom Riddle's diary. They figure out what's going on, and they follow the spiders. They get the real story besides what Tom Riddle told them, and they save the day. They go save, or they try to go save Ginny, and uh gilderoy is like i'm gonna take your bad wand ron and like use my obliviate charm on you and it did not work it backfired here he goes and saves Ginny, fights the basilic and voldemort and he saves the day like he always does and he has a great little talk with dumbledore and he gets uh lucius malfoy to uh free doby and he found out tom riddle is the was voldemort yeah yeah. Is Sorry. Voldemort and is also the ancestor of Slytherin. Sorry, that was a lot. I really, it. I really like how the two of you will say one thing and then the other person like fills in the part that they buy. <laughs> I don't I remember really, where he was. It's at, been really be great honest. to listen to. <laughs> I don't remember where he had been at. To be honest, I also love how Andy was like, "We had three minutes to do this," and then literally just laughed for the first thirty seconds. <laughs> You're welcome. And he talked like a southerner. Real first and of all. so that's <laughs> true. You can't be like rude because it was true. Bless bless your heart, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Andy, what'd you think of the movie? Um here's my first disclaimer. We read the first part of this book 82 years ago. And so 
Two years ago, too. And he's not 82 years old or 102 or whatever. I, I mean, wanted... he can be 102. I'm not that old, so whatever. I just wanted to point that out. I so part of me when I was like watching second it. disclaimer, Andy's not as old as he's making himself out to be by saying something took eighty two years. <laughs> part of me was not sure what I just didn't remember from the books and it, or if this was one of the first times where I started noticing things were different. Probably both. And so there was just some things where I was like, I thought this was happening, and then it would happen later. Um, so then I would take them off my list. But um, I would say the movie was good. I, it's weird after watching this, after watching the 20th anniversary, because they talked about how they loved how so much that that director actually built the world. Yeah. And you can tell. Like, I do think it would be completely different and wouldn't stand up to the time if, like, everything was animated. Because when it switches to animation, like with Quidditch and all that other stuff, like it's a very abrupt kind of change. Because yeah, the other one, it. like you can, you can. I it feel feels like in realer. the first one, I feel like in the, the first, first one, you definitely. Well, the first two movies for sure, you can see the CGI. I feel like in the first one, you can definitely tell the CGI. Yeah. Where in the second one, it's not quite so as noticeable. They get better with each movie, and I think it was totally a budget thing, especially yeah. for the first movie. Like they're like, "Well, we're gonna do this movie. We think it's gonna be a hit, but we have no idea. So you only have this budget for your CGI." Well, I remember so. when that CGI came out for the first one, though it was like breakthroughs, and mm-hmm. now like. 20 years later, you're like, yeah, you can tell that's, like, the breakthrough CGI. Yeah. So, a couple things from my notes, which I'm not going to go over them all, but I was like, I'm sure this is actually what it was. But I was like, did the twins pick up Harry Potter for some reason? I was like, why did I think his dad was involved? And then I think that was just something I changed in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every yeah, time Molly, yeah, Molly comes on screen. doesn't know until that morning. Every time that Molly comes on screen, I'm like, she's my favorite. I love her, yeah. Julie Walters um, is a gem. And I'm so sad that she is, like, battling sick. cancer and yeah. basically retired. I don't even know what that... So, real quick, Andy... Me reading notes, not realizing what they mean. To jump in real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like book two and movie two, out of all of them is the one that I always feels like happens in a different sequence than what it actually happens. Cause okay, even so when, that wasn't even just when I was watching the movie, I was like, why is this not happening yet? And then I'm like, yeah. Oh wait, this happens first. And then it's always, cause I feel like this one has so much stuff that happens. And then there's so many things that happens. That's kind of repetitive. Yeah. Like they go to moaning Myrtle's, stall into that bathroom a lot so yeah. it's like to keep the sequence of like every single time they go into the bathroom straight I'm like wait didn't that already happen no this yeah. happened oh wait no that oh it doesn't happen yet it happens after this yeah and then even with like the sequence of like who gets petrified and like when they get petrified yeah the chamber well, actually gets open like when they, they all move really when quick. they go see the spiders yeah. when they go like 
They see the spiders <laughs> really early, and they see the spiders throughout the whole movie instead of just. Well, and that's the end. thing too is they also notice them, so they're like, "That's weird." In the book, they had to be kind of pointed out to them that, like, "Hey, the spiders are doing something crazy." Yeah. Watch the spiders. Oh, spiders. Um, also, it just kind of reminded like it's always so funny to me like when watching the movies, it's like the timeline of events makes sense, but yeah. watching the movie right after reading the book. You're like, oh, like, they condense this timeline. It's, like, the most condensed, longest timeline ever. It is. Because it still takes the full school year, but it's, like, Harry's arm literally got fixed in one night. And in the book, we know he was there for weeks. No, he was only there, like, one night. He was only there for, like, the weekend. Um, I thought he was there for two weeks. I don't think he was there for that long. Because I know, I know Hermione was there for a really long time. She was there for like a month or two, but I yeah, think but Harry then Potter like, was only there barely, for like a night. They barely even show her as a cat. And they, yeah, they never show her as a cat. And then, she's like and then like all of a sudden she's like gone again because she's petrified. But they don't even show the big scene of like her going to the library and being like, oh my gosh, I got to the library for them to go do this. So, like, some of the sequence of events is kind of, like, bleeds together. But even when Harry and Ron go into the Forbidden Forest after Hagrid's house, like, they go immediately. And in the book, they wait a couple nights before they go. Yeah, it's a while before they see spiders. They're trying to figure out the riddle of, like... Right follow the spiders and like do all this different stuff and they're like oh yeah we gotta go and they like everything's so immediate also the biggest thing that I'm gonna say is that and it's not even like Emma Watson's fault I hate that they make Hermione so much bigger in the movies than what she is in the books yeah because like even at the end of the movie Hermione was freaking petrified for the last, like, month of school. Yeah, the last part of and school. And Hagrid is like, Ron and Harry, you figured it out. And he's like, and you, Hermione. Okay, yeah, Hermione figured out the thing about the pipes. She figured out, like, the mirror thing. So it was a big thing that she figured out. But literally... Nobody knew, Ron though. Harry pieced everything together. Yeah. And they, yeah. Make, they make Hermione so much more clever in the movies not that she's not clever in the book i hope you guys understand what i'm trying to say no she in this this movie bigger in the movies than what she actually is in the books well in this movie she has a lot of parts that ron actually says in the book like the Mm. um oh harry even more than like in the wizarding world um the hearing voices isn't a good thing yeah um there was something else that she said that, oh, the whole mudblood thing where she was really upset and tells Harry what mudblood is. She didn't know what mudblood was in the book. Right. But she does in the movie. And that was, like, really something that, like, was really a Ron thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. like, the knowledge of Ron because he was, you know, full-time born, born wizard. Um, I right. want to go back to the skelly girl, but um, for the bones – it, it's a slow and painful process, but it would take over a f- just over a full day. So he was only in there maybe a day, day and a half, two days for his um yeah to grow back his arms. arms. Yeah, so. I thought he was in there for at least a week with how it was read. But I mean, 
just the whole thing. But honestly, I think it's because it's he, in the book, like, I, book think, I thought he lost more than just his arm. Like, I thought he lost a lot of mm. bones. So maybe that's why. Like, his whole arm, not just his forearm. Yeah. Yeah. But even, like, I feel like book two and movie two is really the demise of Ron as a character. Because yeah. in book one, he still has a lot of, like, he has some of his lines. Hermione has some of his lines. But book two is really where he's, like, um, is where he really is, like, you know, he loses all of his stuff and he's very dim-witted because of his wand and then just, like, everything else. He's very kind of, like, even when they're about to go into the forest, like, he's a lot more whiny in the movies than yeah, he is like, in the book. the spiders, you know, like, very, like, the whole yeah. time. Why it's gotta be spiders? Why isn't it butterflies? But, yeah, I mean, in the in the book, he's a lot more, like, I'm a part of this, you're a part of this, we're gonna figure it out. I don't like this. I'm very scared, but hey, I'm we're in this together. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like this is really where you you start to see the demise of Ron's character, which right. is really too bad. And honestly, even Ginny, like, like you really don't get a lot of the, the stories of secondary or even, uh, I hope I'm saying this right, tertiary characters. Mm-hmm. Um they take the Hufflepuffs out of Professor Sprout's class. They, I even noticed where um, they start chopping up the mandrakes after they get in, um, acne. They yeah. don't even really let them go into full like maturity. Well, they where they're, they're like, going to go into maturity. <laughs> where they're like moving into each other's pots with each mm-hmm. other. Right. They're like, oh, they got acne. We can chop them up and get these guys. Right. But you know, but they take a lot of the other stuff out they make it very Gryffindor Slytherin they make it very focused on the three they make it very focused on Harry and Hermione Ron really starts to become like the third wheel in that Mm -hmm. trio yeah but the one of the biggest things that I noticed right away as a throwaway that I don't think I ever really fully paid attention to before was when the very beginning when Nick is floating through the count castle and they're like oh there's sir nicholas and he goes hello mr weasley and mrs clearwater and penelope right. and Percy are walking together i was like oh my gosh i never even noticed that before it was like such a throwaway for me yeah so it was fun to see like some of the some new things even after all these yeah. years of seeing movie two that i was like oh my gosh i totally didn't even realize that that like- was I feel like I noticed it this time, and I don't remember noticing it in the first movie, but then again, it's been a while since I watched the first movie. But, like, I actually saw, like, how much lighter Ron's robes were because they were used robes versus Mm -hmm. the black, black robes compared to, like, Ron and Hermione, or not Ron, Harry and Hermione's. I was like, oh, there's that little bit. And I'm like, did they do that in the first one? And I just don't remember it? Or... I think they made them more distinct. Because I feel it. like I feel like you've noticed it. I think they were like that in the first one. I feel like it's more noticeable in this one. Because okay. Malfoy, Lucius Malfoy, makes a specific comment in the bookstore yeah. Mm-hmm. About hand like oh secondhand robes, used books. Oh, this is you know. You're definitely um, yeah. 
Yeah. Also, like, who the hell are you to be an adult bullying children? Like, literally, he was literally bullying Percy, the twins, Ron, Hermione, Harry, and Ginny. Like, none of the parents were there until Arthur kind of realized what was going on. And he walked over and was like, what are you doing here, basically? So, a few things that I did notice that were different. One, Percy was barely in the movie, and he was all up in that book. Also, Mm -hmm. I ever... Once I realized who he actually was in the movie, I was like, oh, that is not how I pictured him in my head at all. Um, secondly, McGonagall telling them about the Chamber of Secrets and not that ghost with history person that they mm-hmm. kind of tricked Professor into. Professor Benz. I don't think I was like, ever in the movie. No, right? he. I don't think he's in a single one. Which kind of makes sense, you know, from a budgeting standpoint of, like, you're already paying for this person. But I was just kind of like, oh. And then the Quidditch match, where now it made for a much better scene of what they went through of, like, you know, scooping through, like, them kind of both chasing it. But, like, that's not really how it went down. It's, like, basically Harry was like, you dumbass, this was on your head the entire time. Right. But, like, they were chasing it, and they were doing all this stuff, and I was also, just kind of like, oh. real quick, for that Quidditch scene, I was watching this, and I was, like, being a little bit more critical, because we're, like, actually watching it for it, sure. for this, and not just for, like, mindless entertainment. Um, How are those Quidditch stands still standing after every <laughs> single support beam freaking knocked out mm-hmm. with them going in the circle? At least half of those stands should be falling. They should be There was falling. part of me that like felt like they were setting it up to do that, and they're like, you know what? We don't have enough time for this. Let's cut the crash. We'll cut, so, we'll cut the crash. So it was that, but I'm also thinking, I'm like, why are... Why are any of the the professors, like, doing something about this? Like, obviously, there's something wrong, like, with the bludger. It's explicitly chasing Harry and Malfoy at this time. Right. (laughs) And it's destroying the Quidditch um, stands. Come on. Smashing wood in and out. Tapestries that are covering the stands are like blown to smithereens. What? But here's, also, here's all the spare eleven Quidditch. But <laughs> also, the twins were nowhere to be seen. I'm like, the twins were mm-hmm. like covering Harry with that yeah. bludger. To the, I mean, Wood got knocked out of his his broom. I'm like, what? Like, this is not what well, happened. That was the thing too. It was it like was a crazy scene. They never protected him, but they also never made fun of him. And then he, like, there was never that moment where Harry overheard them talking about him in the library, which was kind of a pivotal scene of, like, oh, no one trusts me. So I think that talking about Harry in the library, he actually, it's actually was done, but it was a cut scene. Mm. Because I I know I've seen it, but it's a cut scene that they don't have in the, um, they, they, decided not to put in the movie for whatever even his stuff being tossed was just slightly weird because they were like (laughs) i mean neville chased them down not how it went neville chased them down and then they was like we don't know what happened and he immediately was like the diary and (laughs) in the book he's like i don't know what they took i don't know what's going on it took him him like a whole evening to figure out what was going on 
Yeah. I mean, was, of course, they had to do stuff for like for time for everything else. Obviously, like, yeah. yeah. Well, and they had to connect Moaning Myrtle to the diary, yeah. and they had to connect her to like the chamber and yeah, all of that stuff. But there was um. It's really unfortunate that you don't get more of the second, secondary and third, like, tertiary characters in this. Mm-hmm. I feel like they started to make a shift to that kind of more in the third, fourth, definitely the fifth books because of the Order of the Phoenix. But mm-hmm. I really don't think that any of the movies really grasp onto them the way that they could have. Right. I also know that, like, even in the books, it, like, starts off a lot with just the trio. Yeah. And as their knowledge expands, the reader's knowledge expands. So it's kind of hard to gauge every single movie off of, like, a yeah. whole series. For sure. When you really only have, like, the first couple books to work with when they start doing all of this. Yeah. But even with that, it is kind of sad that they... they um didn't take advantage of the full script of like everything that they were given and who knows what was actually filmed and actually just cut to make the movie, to make the movie work. That's not even really even a deceited, a deceited, a deleted scene. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing like a good deceited thing. Like a nice bake zeded. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was it was still good. I honestly I took it as a challenge to see if I noticed the differences. Yeah. Because I was like, will I even? I mean, because I remember hearing Josie talk about the movies mm-hmm. and being like, it was good. There was a lot of things different, but it was a lot of things different. But it was good. Like they made it work for the movie. Yeah, so I was like, well, I even really noticed, and then, like, immediately, I was like, McGonagall is not the one that tells them about the Chamber of yeah. Secrets. That woman was <laughs> not going to tell them about it. But, um, yeah, because, yeah, kind of- honestly, really, of all of the professors that they go to in class for book two, McGonagall, McGonagall would have been the least likely to tell them mm-hmm. anything. No. But even, like, honestly, even just little things like Hermione coming across the Polyjuice Potion, like, it just made it seem like this was something that was open to all of the students, and anybody could have learned about it easily, and just anybody Oh, I forgot what they had to go through to get the book. Yeah, Yeah, because it was just like, yeah, Polyjuice Potion, I knew all about this. And she did know about it. She was the one who got them into the restricted section to find it. Right. Yeah. But well, the boys were even like, like, and we discussed like with the book, the boys were always really, really reluctant in this book mm-hmm. where Hermione was like, well, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. She was filling her oats in the book. <laughs> she, right. But like with this one, the boys were like, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll go with that, Hermione. Yeah, yeah. Another thing, I didn't really like how it's that. And I, I know, I think I've always kind of been like this, but, like, um, Hermione at the very end comes running in and hugs Harry, and then, like, her and Ron are like, oh, let's handshake, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I get it, they're starting to, like, have feelings for each other or whatever, but 
I don't know. I still feel like at that point you'd just be so excited that you're back with one of your best friends. Well, and honestly, not only that, the thing that makes it really sad that all they do is a handshake and not, like, actually hug is the fact that Ron really, he really um, tried to protect her. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it was Malfoy talking about the mudbloods and, like, saying that stuff that made him, like, do the one where eat slugs and he started, like, puking up slugs. Like, Ron knew how bad all of that was. And so it just, like, for me, it kind of was like, okay, yeah, you're probably starting to realize you like that person. But also, like... He was the one who really stood up for you. I feel like in that situation, I don't know. I mean, I've never been in that situation, but I feel like, you know, you just got on petrified and with all that they went through, you know, like, I don't think that, <laughs> I, just don't, I just don't feel like they would have shaked it out, like done a handshake. I feel like there would have been more to it. But I get it. They're setting it up for the rest of the story. But But even in the book, I feel like there was more of, like, an embrace because they were, like, so excited that she was back. Right. I agree. That's because in the book, she was gone the majority of the time. She was gone, like, what, last, like, it feels like... At least the last month, I feel like. I mean, we never really... I don't think we were ever really told how long, but I feel like it was... um, a, a month or more, like six One weeks or something. Let's see here. <laughs> it's all gone. Oh no, her dream. Mine's been gone for a while. Did you write a dissertation? Me? She's looking at the book. Oh, was that the book? It literally didn't look like the book from here. I took off the cover. <laughs> it's because your books look different. Th- our books look different well, than your books. Okay, do you see? We I couldn't see the hard. edition American release. Okay. I didn't see the hard cover. All I saw was the red, and it looked like a folder. And I was like, Did you, are you reading a paper? <laughs> Sheila wrote a 20-page paper on book two. And, I wrote. And the comparison. A novel. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it doesn't really say. I don't think. Or did I miss it? No, it doesn't well, really she, say. She was on. I was just looking, like, see if, like, their reunion with Hermione, and it doesn't, um, really sh- talk about it. But I just feel like, I just feel like their friendship and everything that they've been through that. Oh, wait, sorry. Harry didn't know whether the best bit was Hermione running towards him, screaming, you solved it, you solved it, or Justin hurrying over from the Hufflepuff table to wring his hand and apologize endlessly for suspecting him. Um, So I guess in the book, Hermione did not hug Ron, but I feel like she would have. That's just my opinion. I feel like... I feel like Hermione would have greeted Ron and Harry the same. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hermione's like character, yeah. Hermione's book character would have treated them both the same. Yeah. Because I feel like Hermione doesn't really notice the difference of them until three. three and four, yeah. Yeah, three and four. Like towards the end of three, yeah. 
Definitely four. Definitely four, because she's feeling she's in with Victor Crum and like yeah. there's that whole thing. But yeah, so I feel like she would have greeted them both the same at that point. And at that point, they'd been through a lot and mm-hmm. they supported each other and you know I agree. I, there was um, had something and it went away. <laughs> All right, we talked. Too Welcome much to today. Tipsy. No, oh, I was gonna say that little kid, the one who was supposed Colin, to talk Colin Creevy. Apparently, yeah. why was he on the Quidditch pitch on that stupid thing, taking a picture with the bludger going? That room why was he mad. four years old? <laughs> he he was ten or eleven, probably. He was the same as when Harry, Ron, and Hermione started in the first one. It's just he's a first year. He's not a second year. He's a first year. He's a first year. But if you also, think if you think about him and Jenny next to each other, I feel like they look the same age and they started the same year. Jenny looks really young, even compared to Harry as a second year. Like just between the year of uh, um, you know, first year and second year, the kids mm-hmm. grew up a lot. Like they grow up every year. Also, Jenny every single time reminds me of Jen's daughter, Olivia. Oh, really? oh I can see that. Every single time I see her in movie two, I'm like, Olivia? This is not Olivia. Her hair is darker than Olivia's, but they have, like, the same round face, and, I like, the expressions, I'm like, that looks yeah. just like Jen's daughter. They're, I mean, I don't know. Like, in the movie compared to the book, was, like, do you really miss the death day party? Do you miss the Valentine stuff? Do you miss all of that? Like, did they connect yeah. all the parts together? Fine. Yes. Yes. But it's just so much funnier and it's just so much better in the book. Right. But even yeah. like Crab and Goyle, like in the book, I just don't imagine like these floating cupcakes in the middle right. of nowhere. Like, I kind of felt it being, like, a little bit more inconspicuous, like, a little bit more off the beaten path for them to get them. You know, like, they, like, in my head, I'm just, like, what is happening at magic school that you're, like, a floating cupcake in the middle of the hallway, in the middle of something? I should definitely eat this. I feel like, I feel like any, like, even the most dense of wizards would be, like, something's wrong with this. Yes. Maybe not, though. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> There's just something... Like, do, was it all needed? Catch me no, on a bad even, day of eating sweets. I might have eaten it, too. I don't know. Even, like, Headless Nick getting petrified, not frozen, um, getting petrified wasn't as big of a deal in the movie as it was in the book. Did Which they even they, mention it in the movie? <clears throat> they just, um, like, he was standing there frozen, petrified. I mean, um, he was sitting there petrified, and like they kind of like barely talked about it, but that's what I mean. Like, there were like, things like that. I was like, oh, yeah, it wasn't I don't even just, remember it. So, like, Harry comes around a corner and he comes across, um, nearly had this Nick and Justin. Is that who gets petrified? Yeah, and then that guy immediately was like, I caught you this time, Bye. yeah. So, flips. I mean, he literally said that every time Harry ran to where the people true. were petrified. So, I was every like, every time he ever true. saw him. And then also, later, I was going to say, then, then later on, Harry was talking it through with Ron, like 
how everybody was petrified because like well ron's like well why haven't they all died if they've seen the bask mm-hmm. basilisk and harry's like oh well the cat or you know you know he he was able to explain like justin saw it through um the puddle through the, headless the nick or, or through yeah. headless nick and so he like they right. pieced it together that way but like that's all you really got taught or that was talked about about headless nearly headless nick and then because but in the book like there is talk of like we don't know how we're gonna unpetrify him yeah because he's a ghost right but, you know um sprinkle him with like holy water like petrified water like <laughs> There's there was a few things that I have heard about and or seen for years, like the mm-hmm. way that Malfoy pronounces Potter. Um, but like <laughs> I I really called it in this in this movie, like when he because he was like there's a certain time where he was saying it back to back, and I was like, you're gonna hurt yourself. But also like speaking of hurting yourself, like. Just the way Emma Watson was like over enunciating and doing the most <laughs> when she was talking. Well, she talks about that though too in other interviews. Because even in movie one, you can watch her and she mouths the yeah. lines of other people. And part of it was just her inexperience in book one and book two. Where she kind of was like, I'm smart. This is how I play a smart person. Like, yeah. Harry. Right. Harry, I can't now. believe that like, you would even say this to me. You can't yeah. say that I was doing But this. I feel like that happens a lot even in the movie one and two. Like, not just with her, but a lot of the other kids. Yeah. To where, like, it's very kind of overacted or over-enunciated and then, because I remember, I, not trying to jump ahead, but I remember when movie three came out, like, <gasps> just the huge difference in yeah the acting abilities and how it changed from, like, little kid movie acting to, holy shit, they grew up. Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think part of the difference, too, is, like, a different director from... Definitely. Movie one and movie two into movie three. But also, like, just growth. Because really, if you think about it, the only two children who weren't brand new to movie production, TV production, or whatever, were Tom Felton and Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. And even they, obviously, are, like, over-enunciating and doing a little bit of overacting, as you will. In one and two. And they were the two that were really, truly experienced of any mm-hmm. of the other children. So it it is funny to see their growth fr- throughout the movies. Yes. But I feel like part of it, too, is kind of understanding acting and what acting is. Yeah. And understanding who their characters are. Of like, yeah. oh, I need to be this character and not act this character. Yeah. They were growing well, I think it also it. is just... I do think I have seen this movie, too. I think I've seen it all the way through prior to this. It, no. But I do remember seeing it. it but I, I've seen Emma in so many other things mm-hmm. now. 
And, like, I know I saw the last movies, and so, like, I saw it in that. So, like, to kind of watch it in reverse, I think that's the only reason it's truthfully, like, standing out to mm-hmm. me. Because, like, yeah. you can see how much she truthfully has grown. But it was just one of those things where I just, there was a couple times, literally, while I was watching it, and I was like, why are you doing that? And then I was like, she's a child. That's why. Because, like. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also partly, like, the characters that they are. It's funny because you talk about like seeing people in like movies now. I feel like anytime I've seen Rupert Grant, Tom Felton, Emma Watson in movies since the Harry Potter series, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that was believable. Yeah. It's not Hermione being like a bad girl in the Beverly Hills for the bling, the bling fling or the bling whatever. Ring. The bling ring. Um, in Perks of a Wild uh, Wallflower, Beauty and the Beast. Like I didn't see Hermione in any of those. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, it is. I've seen Daniel Radcliffe in so many things, and he's so good in all of them. Mm-hmm. But there's always a little part of me that's like, why is Harry Potter being so mean? Why is Harry Potter doing this? And I don't know why, because he's so amazing. I just saw The Lost City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, grown up and, like, kind of the bad guy. And he's yeah. so good. That's what I want to He's so see. good in it. And, and I don't know why. Like, I can usually separate like separate everything and be like that's not him. you can't swiss not army Daniel. swiss army um what is it called the swiss army swiss man? army man yeah he was so funny in that and that movie was probably the first one that i was not like harry potter's being daniel radcliffe being this character <laughs> have you have you seen um that, i felt it? like that was i felt like that was daniel radcliffe being this other character which have one watched have you watched Horns? I know we read the book, but have you watched I've Horns? I've not gotten to watch Horns yet. Because he's um, uh, shoot, what's that? The main lead, um, the, I can't the main character. Yeah, I can't remember his name. But, I have not gotten to watch it yet, but yeah, I don't know. It's just really funny because there's just something like, and I find Daniel Radcliffe so endearing, and I freaking love him. Mm. Total side note: I saw an interview with him and Sandra Bullock, and Sandra was like. Yeah, my kids, like, you know, I was in production. I didn't know if they were getting fed right or doing whatever. Like, my nanny was doing whatever. And she's like, I went to my kids, and they were like, oh, you don't have to worry. Dan did this for us, and Dan ordered pizza with us, and Dan did this. And she was like, who's Dan? And they were like, the guy in your movie. She's like, that is Daniel Radcliffe. (laughs) And then I found out that he prefers to be called Dan. Right, it was well, funny because you sent it to us, and she went into full mom mode. She was like, "Who is oh, Dan?" Yeah, it was well, so funny. And then also, she like he was like she she wants me to call her Sandy, and I can't call her Sandy. Like she is Sandra to him, and I think that's you know it's part of like you mm-hmm. get to know somebody and their like stage name or or whatnot, whatever. You know, like and their professional name or whatever. Their professional yeah. name. And so, like, for 10 years, she's never really worked with him probably before until now. Well, not 10, 20 years. I'm sorry, 20 mm-hmm. plus years that she might have known about this child. And she, he's always been Daniel Ratcliffe, you know. And yeah. now he's like, call me Dan. 
And, and he's like, like yeah. a full fledged adult, like not a child. And she's like, yeah. oh, uh, you know, Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter. <laughs> Miracle Workers. If you Wait, have you not mean... watched him in Miracle Workers, oh, I know. To... I need to watch him in that too. You you mean Harry Potter bought you pizza? <laughs> I mean, Dan can buy me pizza. And he, he has done pizza. so many things, and he's so good in everything he, he does. And I know I'm not going to be the only one who ever looks at him and be like, oh, that's Harry, Harry Potter being Daniel Radcliffe being mm-hmm. this person. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's only for a split second. And then I'm like just right back into everything. Yeah. But also part of me feels like that's a testament of like how good he was in these movies and how good yeah. he was as Harry Potter because yeah, he did so many great things. And a lot and of he like, was in so many scenes. Like it wasn't like he was just there. He was in all of them. All of it. He was right. in the movie. Well, and not only that, like there was a point in in between a lot of the movies where I think some of the other actors were able to like go out and do things, yeah. and in between like movies and stuff like that. And Harry, Harry <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe Dan. chose to do a lot of theater. He didn't do movies in between, and he didn't do a lot of that stuff. He did a lot of theater. Yeah, he did some And that makes a big difference, too, because you didn't see him as... You kind of saw him as Harry throughout the whole thing, and then heard about his theater. Like, I wanted so badly, and actually one of... Sheila and I, like, one of our college friends, she saw him in New York when he did Equus, and I love the play Equus. Right. And then there's, like, a traditional way to do it where it's, like, the Greek style where they're all naked and, like, all this different stuff. And they chose to do that. And it was a big thing for him because he, he was like in between. 15, 18, he was really young. Yeah, and I think he was between, was it movie five and six or six and seven? It's but he was the still, end. I don't remember the exact years. He was doing but. the movies. But it was, like, a big thing because they were, like, yeah. hey, you still have this stuff going on, but you're going to be this. And Uncle Vernon was um, the psych- the psychologist in the mm. play. And so they got to play opposite of each other of like kind of a helping person, like a helping character to yeah. somebody who has a problem and not like your antagonist through yeah. the whole thing. Um, Emma I- Watson so- actually got to act with him in another movie. It was called the... Um, the ballet shoes or the ballet slippers and he was like her yeah. father or grandfather or somebody like that oh, yeah really? so it was really nice to see them to be able to um like act with each other but see him in different um different yeah. kind of roles well, and he's you know there's so many roles that uncle vernon is in that i yeah. like love him in but he so many other great uncle vernon as much as i hated uncle I know. Vernon, he did such an amazing job but even the lady who plays aunt petunia like i love her one yeah. of my favorite roles of her is three men and a little lady and i remember when that came out in the 90s and my sisters and i would rent it all the time uh-huh. wait who was she she was the governess of the school that they were trying to get um, Mary enrolled in. Memory unlocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she, I mean, she's in so many roles where she's kind of like the lovable sidekick or like the person who's kind of like in a tight spot mm-hmm. or something like that. And 
it's fun to see them kind of on both sides. It is. But I don't know, like, it's fun to see them now as younger in this movie and then yeah. to kind of see where they are at now. Like where they grow up, yeah. Um, there's a TV show that Rupert Grant is in, and I, it's in my queue to watch it. I think it's called Love Sick. No, Love Sick's a different movie. It's something sick where he pretends to have a um cancer mm. and gets all these benefits from work and he's like just fibbing and then he like has to go through this whole thing it's a tv series and him and julie walters are also in a movie where i think something with driving he's like a bad guy but he plays opposite yeah. really blunt and some stuff like i love seeing all these guys act like grow up. Things yeah yeah that aren't um that aren't the Harry Potter movies and to kind of just see where they go and sick note is what you're thinking. Sick of. note. Yeah. I was like, it's not love sick. That's the one with Canal, whatever his name is based off his, his story of how he met his wife. But, um, yeah, sick note. It's in my queue to watch. Cause I want, I want to see that, but back to movie two. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts? Driving Lessons was the other movie, sorry. Yeah, Driving Lessons. I'm like, I have to get this out. I was like, it's not driving. It was bothering me. I saw it a long time ago. And honestly, talking about, you were talking about how much you love Julie, like, how much you love Molly every time she's in a scene. You know, uh, we'll discuss it with book four. But I love her. I've loved her for so long. And one of my all time, I mean, it's literally probably like top one or top three movies is Billy Elliot. And she's the dance teacher in it. And I freaking just love her. Mm-hmm. I love her. And one of my favorite interviews with her is on the Graham Norton show with 50 Cent. And she feels mm. the bullet in his tongue. And it is hilarious. Right. I have watched so many interviews over the years of the Don't Come For Me people, I don't remember her name, but about the gardening teacher, herbology. Oh, Professor Sprout, Sprout. yeah. I can't remember her real name either, and she is like a dirty little... She cracks me up on the ground. That episode with her, yeah, because she's on there with Daniel. She's yeah. on there, like, every time she's on there, there's something just blatantly wrong and hilarious. Oh, my gosh. There's, she's like, hilarious. one episode where she's like, oh, I had to go change my knickers. And you're like, oh, dirty Professor Sprout. Now we know There was one episode where she literally was like, well, you know, um, I picked up this um, American soldier, and I thanked him for what he did in the way. I gave him a little blowy in the car. and uh, Like, it was... <laughs> And like everybody's just like she was like what it was you know for a service, um, but like there's different stuff like that and I was just like I need to find a way to stream a full episode of Graham Norton right his Instead clip of just the clips. I can I can watch his clips over and over and over again and my Facebook has been popping up a lot of like best ofs because yeah. mm-hmm. Secrets of Dumbledore is coming out mm-hmm. so they've been doing they've been popping up a bunch of Harry Potter. 
yeah. interviews or like cast of Harry Potter interviews, yeah. and they're just the best. I don't even care how many times I've seen them. I don't care. I will watch them over and over again because they're just the best. They're so funny. But I guess final thoughts on the movie. I mean, it's a good movie. It's fun. It doesn't have the impact that I think the book has as a whole. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know. And I, it makes me sad how much is left out. I feel like in if of all the books, like some of the best parts of book two are actually yeah. left out. There's yeah. so many things in book two that are left out. That's oh just my God. very like, like the way that he learned that the book even works. And I was like, that. Yeah. He was just like, oh, my ink spilled and disappeared. Like, literally, this. the only thing that connects Ginny to that diary. To the, the thing at the, the very book, beginning is the scene at the very beginning where you see Lucius put the book back in her cauldron. That yeah. is the only mm-hmm. thing in the entire movie that's like, yeah. what? Ginny was a part of this, huh? Right. Because literally nothing. And you I was don't staring see her for it freaking too. out. I was like, where you is don't it? see her with chicken feathers on her. You don't see her. Well, you don't even see her, her just like physically. Her she physically changes. Like she's looking like paler uh, and more gaunt because she's not like she's obviously not sleeping and probably not she's eating well. Herself. She's losing herself. And like mm-hmm. I noticed that with the movie where I was like, you still look pretty darn healthy there, Jenny. But what I know that's not your fault. I mean, aside from her laying on the ground and Voldemort being like, she's She's almost dead, dead, you literally wouldn't know. No, you wouldn't have known. You have no clue why Ginny's even a part of any of this. And if you don't remember that throwaway scene, it's not even like super like, let me put this back in your cauldron and like... Mm -hmm obvious it's almost like if you're looking down at your phone and you You miss miss the book in the Mm -hmm. cauldron like you miss the whole point of how Ginny's even related to it yeah that was how they connected her she doesn't look scared she doesn't look nervous the -hmm. twins are hardly in this movie yeah they are the twins are all over the book yes they are um yeah I mean, and honestly, like, you really don't get, this is really where they start pushing away, like, Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff, really, because you really don't see anything. All their classes are with Slytherin. Mm -hmm. McGonagall's class, are they in any potions class in this? No. Um, dark arts. So in dark arts and McGonagall's class and Professor Sprout, it's always Slytherin and Gryffindor together. When, um, especially they always do that in the movies. They always put those two together, no matter what. Yeah, they do. And in the books, there's definitely some classes where they specifically say like they were with Ravenclaw, they were with Hufflepuff, they were with you know. They're very specific about the houses that they're with, and it's not always them. Um, I don't know. Like, it just it just makes me sad because this is the first movie where I think it dumbs down a lot of the stuff that happens in the books. Yeah. 
And it's the first movie that you really get the most things taken out. And, like, these kind of nonsensical, sensical ways of, like, connecting the story. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I just proud of myself. I noticed the differences. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad, too. Glad, okay. too. I'm looking Three. forward to your thoughts between movie one and two and movie three. Just because... Yeah. It changes so much. Um, I mean, I feel like you can definitely, like, I remember, not to, like, jump ahead, but to jump ahead. Jump ahead. I remember, I remember seeing, first of all, I remember seeing movie one and movie two Mm -hmm. in Wyoming. And it was, like, the midnight release, and, like, we were super excited, and, I remember one of my friends that I went to the movie with, she had her little invisibility cloak, um, Harry Potter, like, sitting on her knee ready for movie one. Oh, which, by the way, I love that Dumbledore directly looked at Harry and Ron in the movie. Like, well, if anybody wants to ever have my help, just show your loyalty to Hogwarts and like straight up looking at them and Lucius is like looking over his his shoulder like what are you looking at yeah and then like Hagrid was so awkward well if anybody needs to know anything just follow the spiders yeah oh and someone I feel like he was awkward I felt like Hagrid was awkward in the book saying it too though like mm-hmm. he was like he was, but it felt so much worse, I think, in the movie. Maybe, and I'm wondering yeah. if maybe it felt like that in the movie because of how edited it was or because Dumbledore so, like, so obviously, like, looked at where they were at in the corner of, like, yeah, maybe this is where you go, <laughs> you know, like, this is what you do. I'm wondering, though, if that was, like, oh, shoot, what's his first name? The actor that played Dumbledore, whose name is Richard Harris. Harris. Richard Harris. I'm like, I know the last name. I wonder, because, like, I know he had done some other things, like, just because he was old and, like, he just didn't, like, remember certain things. And so, like, mm-hmm. he looked, and then that was part of, like, and Lucius was, like, looking to be, like, what are you looking at? You know, like, and they just decided to keep it in because it it kind worked. of worked. Which yeah, is, it's fine. Which is possible. I mean, it might have happened. You never know. Like actors do things, and then like you're like, that was funny. Let's keep it in. I mean, I do that editing this. I'm like, I'm gonna I keep just, that in because that was funny. Right. Well, I also think that it's because in the book, I guess in the book when that scene happens, I kind of imagined Hagrid and Dumbledore both kind of just like. Speaking out in the open, kind of just like Lottie Da, like looking around, like, well, you know, like you could take me away, but loyalty lies. Like, if you yeah. ask Hogwarts for help, they're gonna help you. And then Hagrid being like, well, you know, like if anybody wants answers, just follow the spiders and feed Fang. Where yeah. like in the movie, it was very like direct, and yeah. then very like kind of like, oh well, you know, follow the spiders. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It was just really funny, but but anyway, I remember seeing the whole point of this. I remember seeing book three, 
And just even the opening credits, it was like, oh, this is going somewhere. This is different. Yeah, this is different. This yeah. is going somewhere. We are getting places. Yeah. It'll be, like I said, I'm interested to hear Andy's input on the next movie and book, obviously. I'm kind of more excited for the book just because. Yeah, there's a lot in the book. Yeah, there's a lot in the book. And it's complete. It, it, it's almost like completely different than the movie, but so yeah, for sure. It's but just I, one of those there's things. also some things that I'm like, ooh, is Andy gonna notice this? Like, I'm really excited. So much pressure. So much pressure. Well, um, speaking of pressure, the next chapters we need to read. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what pressure? Oh, to read. Got it. Pressure. The pressure to read, as we have to read by a certain point at some point. Yeah. Um, our, our chapters one through four, and that is the um, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, who is not Hagrid this time. It's not Hagrid this time. Did you see? Okay, so Andy, did you see as much foreshadowing in the movies as there were in the books? The long pause is me trying to process the question that you gave me for for our excellent listeners. I don't know. I think I was too focused on finding the differences that there might have been like subtle, nuanced things that I just didn't pay attention to. Oh, well, just or I wasn't I, looking I feel for like foreshadowing. Part of me feels like they also didn't really say that. They really didn't. They didn't really. Because like I'm, the like chocolate makes you feel better. Like because even like the ending, like nobody was around except for Dumbledore and Harry when yeah versus the parents and, and McGonagall and yeah. yeah. Also, like, did you notice that, like, they came out of Dumbledore's office and it just went into, like, that huge, long-ass corridor? But any other time they show um, Dumbledore's office, it's, like, actually in the middle of, like, a yeah. hallway and not, like, some weird corridor that goes outside. I didn't notice that. I was like, all right. Maybe, they totally for that. maybe they have moving hallways on top of moving staircases. Maybe. I'd maybe never just- make it to class. I probably would never make it to class either. I still have dreams about going to the wrong building and going to the wrong class on the wrong day. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. I have dreams about being in the wrong class and having the completely wrong schedule sometimes. I'm like, why am I even dreaming this? Like, I had a dream, I think, like a year ago that I didn't graduate because I had the wrong, like, schedule for the entire semester and I had missed half my classes and I graduate and I was like woke up in a panic like did I really not graduate really yeah I mean something like that I don't know but there have been times where I'm like did I not take the right classes to graduate (laughs) do I have a degree do I have a degree after 15 years I think you guys do but you never know all right. Well, All right. Prisoner of Azkaban, chapters one through four. Read along. Read them. And join us for the next episode. The next episode after this one. Well, <laughs> after this one. And um, then what are what episode is this, Andy? Sheila is the next Disney episode Potter. after this one. <laughs> Book three is the next one after this one. Well, kind of next one after this one. Chapters one through four. One through four. Got it. I was going to say thank you for reading with us, but thank you for watching with us. Where can you find us? Oh, I guess we did that earlier. We did that earlier. 
Well, you can find us on all the social medias. Did you hate something we said? Talk to us. Let us know. Did you like it? Hate it? Love it? Andy's really bored on Twitter. That's probably also because I keep forgetting to post. So if you're wondering where I am, (laughs) it's me. So watch out for this Twitter brigade about to come at you. Just go harass them on any post that you can find. Andy, you have one job. Andy, welcome. No, he has more than one job. We we make him read things, too, every once in a while. Oh, my gosh. You have one job. You are in charge of Twitter. Sheila's in charge of Facebook. I'm in charge of Instagram. Come talk to us. We love it. We share with each other all the good stuff that we see on all of the social medias. You can also email us your thoughts, concerns, joys, disappointments, whatever. Just email (laughs) us. I had to read at gmail.com. Is that it? That's it. Okay, thank you for watching with us. (laughs) Go crack a book open. (laughs) Because I better get to reading. (laughs) Yeah, you better start reading. better start. I really do have to read the next book. (laughs) Yes, you do. Get going on it. (laughs) Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you. Bye.